Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. It is Tuesday, Movie Review Tuesday. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by the artistic analyst, Joe Holbert. Joe, that's just your nickname moving forward. It's in the brackets on the uh, the YouTube video, and I'm not going to come up with a fun nickname every week. You are just the artistic mm. analyst. It's very fitting for this week, so wouldn't yes. you agree? Yes. This is a week in which art should be analyzed, in my view. Um, I'm very excited, Jeremy. I, I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't call me the Ace of the Universe just for this week, but I accept that this is my new branding. I stick with it, and I'm ready to break down some film. That's what I'm here to do today. How about the the Ace Artistic Analyst? You want to do that? That works. Okay, yeah, that works. I think so. Is it definitely best as Ace Artistic Artistic Ace Analyst? Sounds also pretty cool. Artistic. Is that up? what you want? I will. I I'm so. literally going to change the. Uh, the text right now like if you're watching on youtube you can so see dramatic. the text changed there we go artistic ace analyst it, it has been okay. changed your, your title has been updated for this podcast only you're not going to yeah. be the ace next podcast because no. it doesn't fit but for this one it does i have to pass the talk is what you're saying right, over one week rain I'll, I'll i'll run on top as the ace but that works that means i'm the best of the analysts of the art you know yeah it's sort of more I do like that very much. Now, here's the thing, Jeremy. Um, we're, we run into a problem here. Because you know how we reviewed They Live? And They Live was an actual good film. And the bit was that you didn't want it to be a good film. Remember <laughs> right. this? Yes. Um, the issue with this is, this is a good film. But I think you're happy it was a good film. And that leaves us in a unique <laughs> stand-in for podcast content. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, this was a good film. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy. The thing is, like, Look, we reviewed uh, My Dad as a Heel Wrestler, starring the entire New Japan universe, but really <laughs> starring really starring uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, yes. Yeah, it was a good film. It's very, like, it's just a wrestling film, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much more to it than that. Like, there's some, there's some good jokes and some good bits and stuff, but I don't know what I expected from this film. The fact that it's just, like, it's a wrestling storyline... Like, that, that's what this film is. It's interesting because I knew this film was, like, you know, quote-unquote good. And I think he's actually very good. But I'd, I had, like, read that it wasn't a complete joke. Um, as the title and Hiroshi Tanashi may make you think. <laughs> you know, it's, it sounds like it's going to be sad. But what is actually in this film? So this film is definitely something that was aimed at a younger audience. When I say aimed, that's probably the wrong word. But, like, it's supposed to be palatable for a younger audience, right? Right. So I knew they wasn't going to, like, kind of expose the whole deal and, like, have uh, Okada calling spots and stuff. However, there is, like, enough interesting ideas here that beyond the sort of grand ending, it's like an actual exploration into pro wrestling, and it's legitimately interesting to me. Like, there's a lot of themes here that pop up that capture wrestling and the essence of how weird wrestling is in terms of fiction better than most things I've seen. And I want to be clear at the start of this pod here. I know that it's the cool guy thing to do to come on and be like, 
actually great film starring Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, I know, trust me, I know that's what you're thinking. Oh, Joe's doing the hipster bit. I'm not. I promise you, this film is actually good and genuinely captivating. To the point where, Jeremy, I'm going to expose this now, I'm going to reveal it. I did not cry, but I fluttered somewhat (laughs) down the stretch. My legs began to shake a little bit there as I reached the conclusion. This is a pretty beautiful movie. I really believe that. I believe it as well. There's there's plenty of movies about wrestling. We're going to review another one next week. Spoiler alert. Um, this one is certainly... like This is up there... You know, people praise The Wrestler of being like the, this great wrestling yeah. film. And like it is. Uh, but I think this was actually better than The Wrestler as far as like exploring... Yeah, I said it. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi should have been nominated for an Oscar. I'm pretty sure Mickey Rourke was nominated for an Oscar. So Tanahashi should have been nominated for an Oscar. Um, You know, the wrestler explores like the deep dark side of wrestling of just like a washed up person. Like this, this doesn't go to that. This was just very, it explores wrestling in a very, I saw you use this term on Twitter, like inside baseball kind of way. Mm -hmm. And, And that's certainly what this film does. Yeah. I'm interested as to how this would play someone with no knowledge because i think it would work because i think the relationship between the family um the central family is like interesting enough compelling enough that you'll be into it but as a wrestling fan there's so many like little gems but there'll be lines of dialogue that legitimately sound like one of us explaining wrestling to a friend that doesn't watch right like it's and there's a character in particular that's sort of given that role uh, in the film, I actually feel like I'm doing a film review now. Is this this is weird, Jeremy? I'm not sure about it. So this set the scene a little bit. So, do you have Tanahashi's um, like actual wrestler name? I know that the other name, which we'll get into, but his original <laughs> wrestler name in this film. Uh, Umoda. I, I think it's I something forget. like that. I don't have it. I, I should probably pull okay. up the cast list, but yeah, it, it's something. It's something like that. He's Cockroach Mask. All right, that's what we know him. Yes, as. he's Cockroach it's, Mask. It's, it's, the, the film starts with him. <laughs> battling uh, Kojima I believe it was yes. right? and this is 10 years ago and this is the Z1 climax folks in the in the uh, Lion Lion Pro Wrestling right yes. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called and this uh, this whole direction is fascinating to me because it is nothing but New Japan wrestlers in a completely New Japan like aesthetic and kind of ideology presentation the whole deal but it is not New Japan everything is just adjusted by name which is brilliant <laughs> Okay, what you got here for the name? Do we, do uh, we the it? name is Takashi Omura. Okay, so he is the ace, right? He's the big yes. star. Um, and then that's the opening scene, and then we go, okay, 10 years later. And this, this sets up the all-time great character change in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> but effectively, as you would expect from the title of the film, uh, Hiroshi's son. Again, I'm going to go with Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's the name I'm going with. Yeah, we, we, always, the, use, we always use the, the incredible, name. Yes, the master man gimmick, which I will refer to out of respect. <laughs> um, so he doesn't know what his dad does, and that's the whole deal here. He's kind of in pursuit of that. And there are some wonderful like pieces just as it builds to this, right? where he's basically like bullied into asking his dad what he does for a living, which yeah. is an all-time play, by the way, by his classmates, who legitimately... like are so desperate for the answer they chase him down the next week which is an incredible amount of excitement for saying that really has nothing to do with them. it so everything gets set up because uh the kid's name to tanahashi's kid's name is shoda shoda yumino yes um yes and <laughs> that's all i could think of every time they called Same. him shoda i was like oh this is the kid that grows up to be a shoda yumino and instead of he, he's so disappointed in his father tanahashi that john moxley uh ad- adopts him <laughs> Yes, that's the sequel. Yeah, that'll be coming eventually. Yeah. That's the sequel that we're making. Uh, that yes. way, that we gotta get crowdfunded or whatever platform we're using. Uh, yes. GoFundMe. Um, but he he does the the thing at school. It was like, oh, what's my dream, or what what does my dad do for a living, or whatever. Like, and and what's my dream? Like, that's what it is. And, like, he doesn't know what his dad does. He talks about his mom, and then he just says like. My dad, I'm going to grow up to be big and strong. My dad, he's been giving me protein. And his mom's like offended. (laughs) Mom's offended that he's getting this protein. Um, And then he just doesn't know. 
and we find out later that you know the i mean we know he's a wrestler but his classmates are like wrestling fans he he follows his dad real quick i'm gonna rewind the kid who follows shoda we don't know who this kid is but he's talking in the background as shoda and his mom are giving looks and this kid like doesn't write about his dreams <laughs> he's like my parents told me i had to write something oh, yes this is very fun i agree this is very good and it was like an easter egg because you're focused on the visuals but the subtitles yeah exactly very good. Yeah. and he's like i don't have dreams like i didn't want to do this assignment my parents told me i had to it's like mm-hmm. so my dreams are just like be like done with this assignment and there was also the other good one was the first speech we saw like perfectly set up the whole idea of the film because it was literally a kid just being like, my dad is a completely normal dad who has a very <laughs> simple job and I also would like to go and have a simple job. And it's like, yes, I understand where this is going now. Thank you. It actually gets more complex than that. But at that point, I was like, yes, this is a film called My Dad is a Heel Rest. I was like, it is indeed that, yes. Uh, so Shoto follows his dad to, to his workplace. He follows him to the, I, I guess, the Lions Arena. I don't think, it's not the Tokyo Dome. I'll tell you that much, folks. No, it is. Um, certainly not. <laughs> so he no, follows him. Right, business is down. Yeah, yes, yes, business is down. Uh, he follows them to that. He runs into to Makabe and everybody, and then he goes out and he's just watching this wrestling match. And he sees mm-hmm. uh, his classmate friend who is there. This is when we meet Kazuchika Okada, who goes by the name Dragon George. <laughs> what a fantastic, fantastic yes. name! I did want to mention, by the way, so when you talked about he followed his dad to the workplace, right, the little moment there where he's reminded of his friend saying that perhaps his dad's like mafia, yeah. as, as Tanahashi hands money over and stuff, was really good. I, but yeah, so you're right. So he gets in, and he's watching Ishii and Goto, I believe. Yes. Right? And here's the thing. This sounds like such a silly comment, because it's literally the whole New Japan roster. But the fact that the wrestling matches are literally just like the New Japan guys doing their <laughs> matches is so fun to me. Because how many times you watch these films, and there's not a ton of them, I guess, that I've sound watched, but it never looks like pro wrestling, does it? The stuff that's going on. This doesn't just look like wrestling. You have seen matches that right. have this exact form with these exact men. I mean, we'll get into it later, but the, the final scene is almost hysterical with how much it's like a match we've seen a hundred times. <laughs> but we'll get to that. So, he, you know, he's sitting there, he, he walks in, and he's spotted by a girl who's in his class, right? Yes. And she says, for her dream, she likes guys that are tall, strong, and blonde. I think that was the three factors she was looking for. And it becomes clear to us that is because she's a fan of Dragon George. <laughs> so he sits down with, with this young lady and her father, and they're, they're talking about the wrestling. He doesn't know who Dragon George is, bless him. Um, but it becomes clear to us as the audience, because we know the film is called My Dad is a Hill Wrestler, <laughs> it is very likely that his dad is going to be wrestling uh, Dragon George. <laughs> so, there, you know, I'm expecting, and I'm, I don't know if you agree with this, right, but I'll kind of sell what I was thinking. So I'm expecting Tanahashi to come out as just like the ultimate heel. Like he's like spitting at fans, putting the middle <laughs> finger, just being a dick. And instead... Out comes Cockroach Mask <laughs> from under the ring. He's got a whole gimmick. He's got a mask. He's got like a trash can. For a four-dimensional trash can. Yes. Okay. What was Taguchi's name? A blue bottle mask. Blue bottle <laughs> yeah. mask is in his corner. And I did not realize it was Taguchi until he took his mask off. And I nearly erupted. I was so happy at this. Like, it isn't just a heel character. It is like the apps. It's like a Crockett Promotions job guy. Yeah. Like, you know what? He'll just give you, like, one name. Like, you know, Cockroach Mark. Like, it's, it's terrible. And the kid doesn't realize until he does this pose that the Tanashi showed him. Yes. <laughs> and he shows him that. And that's a lovely photo that you sent me, I believe, right? You, you yeah. Tweeted it. That's, that's the thumbnail for this, yeah. uh, for this podcast. Yes. Every interaction between Tanashi and his son is just so delightfully wholesome. It really is. <laughs> Um, and that's the best one. So, yes, yeah, so he recognizes the pose, he realizes, and he cries, which hilariously, the young girl he's sitting with takes this as him being such a big fan <laughs> of Dragon George that he burst into tears at the victory. So, what a way to set the table for what follows. This is an incredible scene. It really is. How, what was your reaction to Cockroach Mask appearing from under the ring? I, 
I knew he wore a mask because I'd seen pictures when I was searching for a thumbnail okay. for this. I did not know he was going to be cockroach mask. I I was I was with you. I thought he was going to be like this really badass kind of like ultimate heel who just hates all the fans and almost like Jay White esque in, right. in that sense. And it's it's not at all. He's like uh tai chi or something in the way in the way he performs but i did not (laughs) he's got the roach spray when he sprays which he does for an hour and and no one ever sells it they just sort of got ideas just sit there for an hour while he goes back and forth it's incredible um this, I imagine there's someone listening to this that is thinking, oh no, they've invented another film for the sake of the podcast. This is real. Yes. Cockroach Mask is a real thing. <laughs> and I remind you, we like this film. So anyway, there's a few little neat touches that that kind of are like, as a wrestling fan, you enjoy them more. But for the sake of plot, there is a great, I have one great quote from this film. Now normally, I will know a great line because of the delivery of it. But sometimes the dialogue is so good that it, it, it beyond past... Just like, I remember the, one of my favorites, Jeremy, was... Um, rules are meant play. to be fucked? Yes. <laughs> and anyone can deliver that, and it's funny, right? The man is saying rules are meant to be fucked. That is funny, inherently funny. But there is a great one here that even translates over the subtitles as excellent, and that is Tanahashi, in despair, asking his wife for a genuine answer to the question, how could I ever tell him I'm cockroach moth? And I said to that... <laughs> I have no clue, Hiroshi. I don't know how. I don't know how you're ever going to tell him that. But his kid knows now, right? And that's what he wrote. And then what happens is poor Shota gets caught up in a lie, which yes. we'll get into. But Jeremy, I ask you now, how could Hiroshi ever tell his son that he's got Roach Mask? Seriously, help him out on this one. I don't I don't think you can. Look, he should have done this a long... How old is Shota? Because he's been Cockroach Mask for nine years. He's <laughs> sure at I can imagine... <laughs> It's made clear that he's the smallest kid in his class, right? Yeah. Because no one believes he can't be. He can't be more than, like, five or six, right? I'm really bad at ages. Okay. So am I. But I think that's a compliment to us both, and we're not sort of, you know, that's that's a good thing. But I would agree he's, I'll put it this way, he's not 10. No. (laughs) That's that's where I'm going to go. No. He's less than 10. Definitely not. Um... (laughs) I feel like it would actually be easy to tell that I'm cockroach mask. I... It almost seems like he's struggling more to just tell his son that he's like a wrestler because he wants like the whole wrestling business kept away from his son. Not that he's just a heel. It's like he doesn't want his his son to know like, oh, this is what my dad does for a living, which I can't blame Mm -hmm. him. Um, But when when uh, Shota is at the event and, you know, he, he spots kind of his son there. And he runs out crying and everything, and Tanahashi follows him. And yeah, Tanahashi has the conversation with the wife, tries to have the conversation with the kid, and it's just the kid goes back to school, and he's he is bullied into basically admitting that like Dragon George is his dad because he's like, oh, my dad's a pro wrestler, and the the girl who likes Dragon George wants the girl up to marry Dragon George is like, yeah. your dad is Dragon George, and the Shota just doesn't have the heart to say like no he's cockroach mask yeah <laughs> my dad is dragon george and so that that leads to a whole other event where he's got to get the uh dragon george autograph to impress this girl right and he's so he goes off and he steals the autograph from a character that i have to say this i do not know her name she is wonderful in this film her whoever name? this actor is her she's name glorious. what's that the, the actual actor's name Oh, know. yes. The, the actress's name is Risi Naka. Risi Naka? Okay. The, her name in the movie in, is Michiko Oba. Truly wonderful in this film, just purely on how, like, her face conveys so much in yes. this movie. And more than that, it's a brilliant character because I think we both, at the point of where she was introduced, we both probably felt we had a handle on what this film was going to be, right? okay, this kid's going to have to come to grips with the fact that his dad is a heel wrestler. Fine. But she adds this whole other element to it. Dare I say, Jeremy, layers to the, to the deal. Because she is the young lady that wants to grow up in Mario Carter. She is, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Dragon George. She is that for Tanahashi's like prior self. So she still roots for the cockroach mask. But not only that, She's also like this awesome kind of 
she like represents the wrestling fan in the audience, right? right. Like, and she has these great moments of dialogue where she has to explain to Shota like there needs to be a villain for the sake of wrestling. And she would say stuff like, you know, wins and losses aren't the point of this. And what it does is it doesn't expose wrestling. Because as a young fan there does not want wrestling exposed for them. They just went to see Tanahashi in a film. Right, I get it. <laughs> but if you're if you are like a hardcore wrestling fan, which he's actually referred to at one point, she gives you like these little Easter eggs of like they're actually explaining wrestling better than films that spell it out. Which is genuinely pretty impressive, I thought. Right? They explain the essence of wrestling better than films where it's like, yeah, and then he blades. Like <laughs> this actually does it pretty well, I thought. A lot of these wrestling films, I mean, we, we saw it with, like, the main event, um, and we're going to see it in a movie review next week. Like, they treat these wrestling matches as, like, their shoots, but then yeah. there is also, we know their works, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like the main event, we, we were joking around of, like, all right, why doesn't Keith Lee just do this with the kid? Like, it's all a work. Why doesn't he feel bad for the kid? But it's like, oh, it's a competition. You got to win the tournament. It's a shoot. And, like, she is here to be sort of that Brit. Because the kid seems to think, like, it's kind of a shoot as well. He's like, oh, my dad, he can't compete, all this stuff. But she is here to kind of bridge it and just being, like, it's kind of a shoot work. And I I feel like that's how a lot of uh, fans of Japanese sort of take it. Like, they know it's a work, but they treat it as a shoot. And that's what this young lady represents. You're definitely supposed to, at the end of the film, sort of, like, um, view him more as a performer... Right. And dare I say, an artist, then like a fighter. Even though they say stuff like, you know, you're going to fight, are you going to get back in there and fight? The way that he ends this film is very much like wrestling fear, you know, which is which is cool. Um, there is also just little things like, so I was just found it hilarious that every time Tanner was on screen, they made him run. And it's like, <laughs> listen, Tanner can't run. Like, he just can't do it anymore. So there There's I am. There's a knee injury. Smart. Exactly, I'm thinking I'm all clever. Oh, I'm going to do a bit about Tanner not being able to run. Can't even run for Sling Blade. <laughs> and then they're like, no, this is actually a major plot in the film. Yeah. Because this is what changed his whole career. And I just said, well, that was delightful. I could tell that he couldn't run. He can't run. And now you explain to me why he can't run and why this is relevant. And that is explained to us as the reason. So, again, this is where, as a wrestling fan, you can kind of enjoy it in its own way. Effectively, the Cockroach Mars character is like one of those like smoke and mirror deals. Right. right? Where it's like... The guy can't go, bless his heart, just put this gimmick on him, he can do nothing of no and lose matches. The film sort of frames it that way, but that's the way I take it, because it's pretty much presented that way, right? You know, effectively. It is. I mean, he was he was the top star ten years ago, right. and then one year later, he suffers this really bad knee injury off of the uh, the high fly which is the high fly flow. Um, they didn't try dragon George using the, the dragon maker. That was what it's called, right? Incredible. <laughs> what, a, what a choice that was. Yes. Dragon George. Good Lord. Um, but he, he suffers this knee injury and he just, he can't work like he used to. That's why he had to be the cockroach mask. So people yeah. just didn't expect him to go out there and be Omora because he, he couldn't be that person anymore so he's been cockroach mask for not by the way they got nine years out of this cockroach mask yeah. <laughs> like i yeah. feel like that's that's a big credit to to gato uh i who i think the guy's name i'm looking at the cast list is a uh, kohoda kohonda in, in this yeah. film that's like the booker man's name credit to him getting nine years out of uh cockroach mask right because if you if you've watched this film like it's all work and like his journey as it were he's the best booker ever yeah right? like, <laughs> He, t- he turned this into a hot main event match, like, out of nowhere. It's incredible, but we'll get to that. So, yes, I- I'm with you. And there's also, like, people listening to this may think we're being analysts, Jeremy. They may think we're looking too deep. You're an analyst. I'm just I'm just here. Well, I feel like when I come in so high, like, you're like, I need a match, Joe, because this is going <laughs> to be a special show. So that's where I feel like we're at right now. But there's, there's some moments there where... Like, his wife says to him, you're only going to be a heel for, like, a few more years, right? Yeah. And he's like, it's been nearly 10. <laughs> <laughs> and he asks, um, uh, Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle? Blue, Blue Bottle Mask. Incredible. <laughs> so he, he asks him, Taguchi, that is, like, how long have you been a heel? And he's like, 20 years. I love it. <laughs> like, it's very much, it's allowing you to appreciate it from that point of view. But then there's also, at the end, like, an epic sort of, Rocky-esque uh, fight with Mr. Dragon George. So, the deal with the um, 
with uh, the other lady who used to be a fan and is still a fan of, of the cockroach mask. So she is like a, a she's me basically. Right? She writes features, Jeremy. Yes. Correct. Um, she's a and like me, yeah, and like like <laughs> me, she's very she's struggling with the notion that her cool story about an understated forgotten wrestler will do less clicks than a list about a popular wrestler. That isn't in the film. That's what I infer from her body language. Okay, Jeremy, you cover that? Yes. So she writes um, a, a big piece on uh, a cockroach mask who is in the Z1 because an injury has taken out two wrestlers, <laughs> two injuries out two wrestlers. So she starts working on this piece, and it's made clear to us that she knows... Um, the, the, this the same person here, right? Which yes. later on in the film, it wasn't the case for everyone. She is very much a smart fan. Like that's 100% Alex Prime. So she starts working on this feature, and then he just loses. Yeah. <laughs> he loses to, by the way, uh, Makabe. Oh, yes. His yes, name, his name in this film Sweet Gorilla Mariyama. You could bet everything you own, that's his choice, right? Very cool names being here. He's like, Sweet Gorilla. Don't give me Sweet Gorilla. Rest you can feel it. Sweet Gorilla I need. So, um, so yeah, so he, and what happened was, in that match, he wants to do the fly flow, the high flyer. That's it, the fly, just high fly. fly. No, the high fly. fly. Yeah. Wow. No flow. Okay, so the high flyer, he wanted to do here. Yes. Um, and it costs him, you know, the kid runs off. I can't remember what happened. Oh, this is when the kid... Makes it clear, right? Because he takes his mask off and he says, Daddy. Yeah. Doesn't say it like that, but subtitles and such. So this is when um, we have this like beautiful, like poetic moment in which the young girl tells him he, she hates him, just like he did to his own dad earlier. Yeah. And at this point, Jeremy, <laughs> the legs are starting to shake. I'm starting <laughs> to feel it. Because I do think my enjoyment of this film and my emotional connection to it is very much enhanced by the fact that I just love Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, it makes me sad. When he's looking all, like, downbeat, and I just go, oh, come on, man. You don't hate him. He's good. He's a good father. He does the, the sling blade and all that cool stuff. So that happens, um, and he loses the match, and he has to go to the hospital. I legitimately thought he was dead for, like, 30 seconds. Very scary moment in cinema history for me. But that's just me. He passes out backstage to Gucci, yeah. you know, because he unmasked and everything, and Taguchi and the the promoter like trying to walk away and stuff and he just collapses backstage yeah he has to go to the hospital the son is the son is very distraught with everything uh but we get the we get the big kind of rebound here okada wins the z1 or dragon george sorry dragon george of course wins the z1. okada wins dragon <laughs> we need to make a thing Hashtag Dragon George wins. Lol. We need to make a pull, mate. Anytime Okada wins, any he match, does. He least. does. By the way, like he wins. They they bill him as undefeated and everything. Like no one has beaten this man in yes. in Lions uh, Lion Pro Wrestling. Uh, so Okada or Dragon George wins the Z one, and during his like press conference and everything, they're asking him, oh, "Who who can you face and and whatnot?" Shota's out to dinner with his mom, and. Dragon George is like, there is one man who used to, right. you know, used to be at the top and everything. I saw a little bit from him in the Z1. I won him back. And he calls out uh, Omora. And the the kid, Shota, stands up in the restaurant and is like, yeah, my dad's going to fuck you up. He didn't say that. But, like, he's, he's very excited by all of this. He's super excited. He's like, okay, my dad is back in this. Yes, he's, I mean, I'm sorry I was taking off guard. I did want to go back. I imagine when they're making this film, they say, okay, what can we rename the promotion? And someone said, well, have you seen the logo? And I said, no, show me. And it's the big lion there. And they said, what if we called it Lion Pro Wrestling? Brilliant. They go ahead. The, the, the logo. Thing, the logo. Someone turns around and he's like, guys, um, you can't use our logo. Like, this Lion Pro Wrestling. It's why we call it. So they have to just get a different lion. <laughs> the, logo the logo is legitimately like, it's the New Japan logo. And then they just like stretched it, you know, and you can like click the image and then just try to yeah. stretch it a little bit so it looks different. Sean complains that you're always stretched on this show. That's that's the uh, yeah. the lion logo, lion pro wrestling. Is they just yeah, the stretch the new Japan. Like a yeah. side mug shot? Sort of, like, <laughs> right. That's it. That's the end of the deal. But um, yeah, that's worth noting. But so then um, she gives him the feature is cancelled because he doesn't make the Z1 final, um, and it's given to uh, the the, uh, the cockroach mask himself, Hiroshi Tanahashi. 
and he decides he's going to do the, the fight, right, with, yes. with um, Dragon George. How did you feel about the way they hand... Because this is where it goes full, like, wrestling is performance. Because rather than returning to his heroic past, he, like, embraces the cockroach mask, right? Like, he embraces that he's a heel. This is very interesting, this part. This is what... I mean, the, the expected predictable thing would have been, all right, he comes out as Omara, and right. he has this big showdown <clears throat> with uh, Dragon George. You know, whoever wins, wins. You, the expected thing would probably be Omara wins. You have the happy ending with the kid and everything. Right. No, he comes out as Cockroach Mask. Like, he 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 performs more like Omara, but, yeah, he he's a heel. He's not going to go away from mm-hmm. that. And... yeah. You know, after the match, Dragon George makes the comment, like, this is not who I expected, but you still put up a great fight and everything. I was thrown off in, like, a, the best way possible that he came out still as Cockroach Mask and still, like, I was, when I was watching the film and I was expecting Omara to come out and then I see his Cockroach Mask, I was like, I was shocked. I was stunned, but in yeah. a great way. Yeah, it was very interesting because, so here's where it gets funny because the match is literally yeah, Tanahashi Okada. Yeah, like, it's I mean... <laughs> All of their sequences, all of their go-to chains, like, exactly that. But Tanahashi has a mask on, and Okada is Dragon George, which is like, sure, man, like fine. But um, so that's funny in itself. But then they they do this big dramatic New Japan style like main event match. He goes up, he does the high flyer, he hits it, and Okada kicks out. Oh my god, the two point nine kick out, the Okada special so on the two point nine kick out. That's the thing. I, I know it sounds silly when I said it earlier, but like, I do think it's worth saying how good the wrestling matches are in this it, because it's legitimate. Like you're watching wrestling. Yeah, right? it's legitimately like you said it. They're just having an Okada and Tanahashi match. It's clipped <laughs> because it's a movie. It's not like 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just a best of Okada time. You get the Sling Blade, you get the Tombstone, you get the mm-hmm. Dragon Maker. You get even like, dude, Okada does the dive over the barricade onto mm-hmm. <laughs> onto a cockroach mask uh, who's in the fans and stuff. You get the dramatic, oh, 19, is he going to get in the ring yeah, type deal? Like, like the whip him into the guardrail. It is legitimately like a best of okada tanahashi main event the 2.9 kick out killed me absolutely killed me really great stuff. and so then when that happens you kind of know right so then they do the classic okada hits him with the drop kick in midair deal which they've yeah. done million times, <laughs> and he wins with the with dragon the, maker the dragon maker yes which makes a ton of sense definitely <laughs> um so then and the kind of post-match really goes in on this but the idea here is, like, we go back to that kind of... Um, I'm reminded, at least, of her dialogue earlier where she said, you know, winning and losing and such. So she sort of, in as many words about saying it, it's sort of like, wrestling is more than just, like, who wins the fake match. She doesn't say that because it's not what the, sort of the film is. But it's very much a representation of, like, he's the hero here because he was so great in his performance, right? And that is, like... That works within the framework that this is a real fight that the kid has just watched, but it also works within the framework of that's wrestling, right? Like we've seen that a million times. But then, when you're comfortable with the notion that, okay, the villain's so good at being a villain, he gets cheered, we then get a flashback to show his mum saying, boo your dad, because that's the best way to cheer a heel, is to well, boo them. Yeah, there's that, but even before that, Okada does this, this speech of, like, no, you're right at first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does a speech of like, oh, it wasn't Omora that showed up, but you still put up a great fight and everything. And it's like, you know, I respect <laughs> you and stuff. And you, this is when I was expecting, okay, they're going to come, they're going to shake hands, it's going to be like, yeah. cool, I respect. Cockroach Mask game breaking character, all right? This is not, he is a heel through and through. He's trying to, mm-hmm. he's trying to, to Suzuki, uh, Dragon George here. Like, he's going after him with the chair and stuff. And that's when we get the flashback of uh shoto with his mom and his mom basically tells him if you see your dad cheating like get up and yell like that's mean cockroach mask or don't do that cockroach yeah. mask and so the the kid gets up and he yells that 
And I mean, his dad is a heel. He's embracing. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But the theme there is obviously like that's his job. He's a heel right. to sh- to support him, and that is to actually boo him and not to mm. cheer him or feel bad for him. But it is a very bold choice that you know in the film, for the sake of the film, he is the hero, right? Cockroach Mask yeah. is a hero for the film. But to actually end the film with him being like a spoiled loser dick because <laughs> he is a heel, what a way to like punch home what that role is, right? Like, it was pretty brilliant. And um, I don't know, I, I think people are going to listen to this and think we're, we're, like, joking because we're talking very seriously about a film while also saying cockroach mask. <laughs> but genuinely, it was pretty touching in the way that it was sort of, you know, he's on, he, everyone's standing up for the cockroach mask and they say, you know, good job, cockroach mask. But he refuses this, these plaudits. Like, he wants to go out as a heel. Yeah. And his son, it finally clicks for him. He also wants it to go out that way. And then we get the lovely little deal where he changes his, like, dream job to being, uh, ba- being a bad guy like my dad. And it's like, man, what a cool film that was. I was stunned at how this was actually, like, not just pretend good, Jeremy. This was actually good, right? Incredible feat. There, there's a line that I noted down. Um, I think the, the journalist says it. Or maybe, maybe it was Shoda. Probably should have wrote that part down. Uh, but the line <laughs> is just... My dad is a, a bad guy. He plays a bad guy, but this does not make him a bad person. Yes. Like what? A, just an incredible line of like, yeah, like he's a character playing this in wrestling, but he's a great dad. Like he doesn't do anything yeah. wrong as a dad. I guess he showed up late to, to his little thing, but like he, he's still an incredible. He's still a very good dad and everything. Like I just thought that line was like it, more it more hammered home of just like wrestling is a performance in this film yes. and really overall yeah it was actually as well as kind of the uh, the idea of wrestling can be told without it being like flagrant and like you know then get a blade and do this i mean by the way it sounds like i hate the wrestler i don't know if you do i like the wrestler it's just it is one way you know like it's not saying you're going to sit down and watch with the old family and sort of grin along while paul <laughs> right. cuts himself it isn't that sort of film but this is uh, there's no cutting of anyone but it, there is a lot of grinning um, however, all great films that um, go under the radar, this is a Japanese film, they need to be spoiled and all the complexity and all the interesting elements need to be taken out for the sake of big cinema. Jeremy, so here's what we're going to do. We're not going to make a sequel. I've changed my mind. We are making the American version oh God. of My Dad is a Heel Wrestler. We're going to take away all the interesting elements. <laughs> we're thinking big time. Okay? But Isn't that just raw? <laughs> Okay, yeah. Raw may be better if it was, like, explained in this way. Then maybe you should do an episode where it's just like, see that guy? That's a heel. You boo that guy. And it cuts, and it's like a heel. It's like, I am a heel, boo me. That's what it should be. But who is... Because Tanahashi works... I'm going back to the wrestler. The reason Mickey Rourke works so well is because you look at Mickey Rourke and you say, yes, that man is breaking down someone helping, which is, you know, the idea. Anyone that knows anything about Hiroshi Tanahashi can confirm, yes, that man is breaking down. Someone please help him. So we need someone to fit that bill for our American... Um, should we stick to WWE? Should that be our universe, firstly? Yeah. yeah. Okay, who are we looking at here, Jeremy, for the lead two roles? We need we need an ace, you know, uh, Dragon George, and we, of course, need our, our cockroach mask. Who are we thinking? Uh, I think Edge is our cockroach mask. He he's broken down, Joseph. Edge Edge ain't uh Imagine the interviews Edge would do about this film. <laughs> Imagine the layers you would find within this film. 
There'd be quotes popping up, like ESPN articles, Edge cried 400 times while making My Dad is Hill Wrestler. I love Edge, but he does that deal now where, like, he's actually made projects, and he talks about everything like it's a project. Like, he's on the WrestleMania um, 24 deal, and everyone's like, like, wrestlers are just what they are. Very simple characters, right? And they're like, well, here's a pandemic, and I'm here to WrestleMania, and Edge is like, you know, when you stop and think about what this means... And you look around the production, you understand this is it's more than wrestling. You know, this is this is poetry in motion. This is something special. It's like, man, that guy is, <laughs> he's on a different planet now. So he would be great in this film. I agree. Yeah, I, I think he's perfect uh, for this. What what are we naming him? Like, we gotta have something. El Conquistador. I, El Conquistador. I guess it could be El Conquistador. <laughs> That works. I was thinking Samoa Joe for the beaten up guy, but I don't know if he would be as wholesome. No, no, no. I I think we gotta go Edge. I think my casting is good here. I've sold myself just on the internet. (laughs) So who's who's the top guy? Why don't we just do Orton and Edge and they can fight around the PC? Why don't we just do that? (laughs) Just do a best of Orton. They don't have to reshoot the match. Just show uh, the backlash match for the film. Do you remember? I can't believe this was just four months ago. It feels like it's been years, but I vividly remember us being like, should our movie review just be the greatest wrestling match ever? <laughs> like, it effectively was a movie. Should we just do that? Um, that's an idea. I don't know if I can see Randy as sort of... Um, I mean, Randy's as good as we've got at this point, right? Roman? I don't know. Yeah, I think Roman would be the other choice. I was going to say Drew, but I don't know about that. I, I prefer Roman over Drew. Yeah, because we do need... I guess Randy's too close in, like, generations for Edge, too, right? We need yeah. someone that's, like, the new... Okay, I'm fine with Roman Reigns. Is there any other roles that need filling here? Who's Taguchi? Um, Christian. Christian, yeah. <laughs> Legitimately, he's literally the whole thing. Yes. What's Randy's name, though, man? We need a good name for Randy. Ran- Wait, Roman? Roman, sorry. Roman, Roman. okay. Yes. Uh... Dog, and then what's just like a generic person name? Dog Jake? I don't know. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go with dog. I didn't. I didn't realize you were gonna go that route with him. I'm fine. With okay, Dog Jake. He is Dog Jake now. That's fine. Um, anything else? Any other big roles that we need filling in this film? That's about it, right? They're the big ones. You're you're playing the journalist, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. All right. Um, who is the the? Uh, please tell me what Maccabee's name was again. We're not changing that. Name. Oh, the gorilla, sweet gorilla, sweet, yeah. sweet gorilla, Samoa Joe. I okay. want Samoa Joe. Sweet. All gorilla. right, you really want Samoa Joe in this film? I respect. I do. That. Uh, he can I be do. sweet gorilla. Yeah, we don't even need to change his name. He's just sweet gorilla. I, I do have a towel for you. This is nothing to do with this film, but and I swear this is a truth. Oh, I was considering watching Raw today. I normally watch it on Thursday before our podcast. Why? We're and not like, talking about Raw with Michael I'm not Thompson. talking about it. I haven't watched it. This is why. Okay. And, like, I click on it, and, like, I see there's no Samoa Joe, and there is Jerry Law, and I'm just like, no. Like, I, I just stopped. Let's <laughs> just tell you where I'm at with my Samoa Joe need. Like, I, when I didn't see him and also saw Jerry Lawler, abandoned shit. I will not watch this program. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I might not even need to watch it this week. That's another term for another day. Anyway. You don't need to. What is our ratings hit? This is where my rating system has been ruined. I'm a fool. I've destroyed this thing. Do you? I have... mean, this deserves high marks, Jeremy. Do you have a rating for this? <sighs> I give last week. I give the Funhouse like a nine. Yeah. <laughs> it ruins everything, doesn't it? Really. I mean, it's your rating system. I'm giving this a ten. I nearly cried. Okay. And what more can it do to me? You know, I had Tanahashi. Great film. I loved it. It should. It should be a ten. I can't disagree with that rating. My rating. I gave the funhouse a minus one and three quarters. Strong WCW <laughs> Strong. All right, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a super obvious joke here. Yeah. Four and three quarters. If it was in the Tokyo Dome, it would have been over five. You know, that's, I thought you were going to go with just the, like, you know, the six-star Tanahashi Okada, but you actually did say That was good. I was impressed by that. It, maybe it was obvious to the audience, but I didn't see it coming. Very All strong. Right. Thank you. 
Okay. Is it time for me to announce what we're doing next week, Jeremy? Uh, do you want to talk basketball first? We're only 40 minutes into this show. Oh, so. sure. Yes, okay. yes, we'll do basketball. Because, um, so you know, we got to have... tease the people for what's going on the rest of the week so they stick around through our basketball talk. Well, what happened was, Jeremy, I looked at the time here on my Skype call and I forgot that we did a pre-podcast recording of a completely different show that will never be heard but was very good. It well, will be heard. Uh, you can, oh, no. You can, <laughs> when, we, when we launch our Patreon... You can, uh, okay. I'm putting all of the pre and post show banter on the Patreon and it'll be well okay. worth it. Make sure you scan that stuff. Could be some very troublesome, troublesome yeah, probably, quotes. Probably. So, um, <laughs> here's what's going to happen. I'm going to break this down for you very simply. I'm going to just go for it kind of categorically and professionally. Mike D'Antoni is going to yes. coach the Philadelphia 76ers. Next year, Joel Embiid is going to shoot 12 threes a game. <laughs> Well, freeze a game. They will all be just as he walks past half court while Ben Simmons runs a fast break offense with no one around him. Ben Simmons will shoot 0.7 freeze a game. That's my prediction. Exact. Note this down, folks. I think he's almost going to do one a game. Very excited. We've got a roster suited to Dan Tony's strengths. We've got no shooting, all big men. I'm very pumped. You know what, though? Honestly, when I read the headline, Billy Donovan, Ty Lue, Mike D'Antoni. I was like, bring me D'Antoni. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Just give me D'Antoni. You know, like at this point, at least there's a fun like science project element to him. You know, feels I, like a case. The thing with D'Antoni is, I love D'Antoni too. When uh, OKC had fired Scott Brooks, like I wanted D'Antoni. After that, I thought he would have been great. Great on the Suns. Made the most out of that those Knicks teams did what he could with the Rockets. Like, D'Antoni's history is what it is. It's not, like, mm-hmm. great, especially in the playoffs. Uh, but it's almost like he gets a pass for so much. Like, those Suns teams, it's like, oh, if Amari doesn't come off the bench, they were winning it that year. Like, it, it was a wrap. They were just going to win it. The, yeah. the Knicks, the Knicks, like, mellow. Mellow just tanked them. Like, it, it, they would have won if, if Mellow just let Jeremy Lin cook and everything. Uh, and then the Rockets are just, like, hardened. Harden just choked. Can't do anything about Harden. And, like, obviously, D'Antoni has a role. Look, this man plays nine-man rotations every night, runs his stars, playing them 40 minutes a night in blowout games and stuff. Uh, like, he has his flaws and stuff. But he's taken a lot of different rosters and, and gotten to the playoffs with them. Right. And I do think that is, like, an appeal with the Sixers. You call it a science project, and it's like, what can he do with this roster? How can he create an offense to make yeah. this roster uh, fire on all cylinders. You know, what, what's it going to lead the playoffs? I don't know. Ty Lue, I don't know what you're getting from Ty Lue. Like, the man was carried by LeBron. He, clearly, he didn't do much uh, as the assistant coach for the Clippers. And, and then Billy Donovan, you don't want Billy Donovan. He's just going to do the same thing Brett Brown did. At least, Antoni, there is an exciting uh, element there that I can see that would intrigue you. I read something very interesting, Jeremy. I believe it was Mike O'Connor, tremendous writer, and he pointed out that the supposed two leading candidates of Ty Lue and D'Antoni would tell you something about where they're going here because we both agree D'Antoni is much better suited to Simmons, right? Like, you could see him putting together an offense where Benny's, like, just finding three-pointers everywhere, shooting shooting around him, that kind of deal. Um, and Ty Lue is a clutch guy. I'm not getting out. I'm not getting carried away here. Okay, I'm kind of feel like you're going to see some like insane drama in Philly <laughs> next year with Embiid and Simmons. Like I, I, I'm all for D'Antoni until I think about what Embiid does in his offense. Embiid doesn't even like being like the role man. <laughs> like, I don't know what he does. Yeah, D'Antoni and centers too. I mean, he's not going to be Amari because Amari was the role man and yeah. had that kind of lift and would run and all that stuff. Uh, who was their center in New York? They really didn't have one. At least any, like Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler yeah, just... just rim protection. Right? Yeah, yeah, like rim runner, rim protection. I mean, <laughs> that's all Capella was until they just traded him and then right, had yeah. P.J. Tucker Robert Covington just stand behind the three-point line. Yeah, centers in D'Antoni's offense, not exactly the most uh, featured people there mm-hmm. so i could imagine if they're telling Embiid, hey re- do more screening 
stand behind the three-point line. No more post-ups. None of that stuff. I I don't know how he would take that. Yeah, it's because when I think D'Antoni and Simmons, like to me, he'd want to play Simmons like four or five. Like I feel like he yes. would love a small ball Simmons lineup where yeah. he's the center. Like, and to be honest, that's probably like the move. But the problem is, is it's easy to say this stuff and talk about fit and all this good stuff. But like, when you're giving up Embiid, you're most likely going to get one of those packages, which is like four fine players, you know. And when you do that, yeah, the, it might be a better fit, but it's like you're probably not more likely to win with like. Like I saw a net steal, and it was like Karis Levert, Dinwiddie, and Jarrett Allen. It's like sure, man, but like, how good is that team actually going to be? Right? I don't know. Here's here's a trade idea for you, I, and I have two actually. Uh, if you, if we're talking Embiid trade, Embiid for Beal. Obviously, there's other stuff going back to Philadelphia, but the centerpiece coming back would be Bradley Beal. I mean, Beal is much better than Levert and Dinwiddie, and I like both of those guys. But Beal is an yeah. All Star player for a reason. Beal is one of the only guys that seems feasible that I would be willing to look at for both Simmons and Embiid, like separately, you know, because if you if you put him with Embiid, you're looking at a deal where it's like he could be his closer kind of thing, you know, like he could be the sort of uh, scorer to his rim protection because you can't give the ball to Embiid late. I've seen it enough times now. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's a turnover thing. So that works. But then the other way around too, like Simmons with, with Beal would be good. I mean, you'd have to think about that. I, I mean, I... I can no longer be the guy that's just like, don't talk about any possible trade for these two guys. It seems silly at this point. I mean, you have to look at it. I just don't know. It seems like the Wizards want to do more John Wall, Brad Bill stuff, which it is does, like, oh, which, wow. God yeah, bless him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the other one, and I saw this um, from an athletic column. Again, there, there's a lot going back and forth here, but the centerpiece is Chris Paul for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I just... I know what's gonna to happen to Chris Paul when he signed. when he when that trade is done, <laughs> like he's just gonna like disintegrate. Like I don't know, I don't know. It'd be tough to do that. Like I think you'd have to look at um, having some kind of insurance policy that if Chris Paul inevitably gets hurt because he's gonna come to the Sixers and that is how the Sixers <laughs> operate, you'd need something. Like if it was a Schroeder in there, but then at that point it's like you're giving I, up too much. I don't Schroeder, know. Like Schroeder wasn't involved in the, this deal that I saw the. Again, the centerpiece was was Paul for Simmons. The big thing was like Philly was getting like three first round picks back in this okay. deal, or, or yeah, three first round picks or something. Because mm-hmm. I mean, look, Ben Simmons has a much longer longevity than Chris Paul. Simmons is signed for five years max deal, so he's not going anywhere unless he forces his way out for five years. Chris Paul, he can opt out after this season. He's not going to. He's going to take that money, but. Like you said, he could he could easily be hurt. So I, I think the uh, those draft picks are almost that kind of insurance there, and just the fact that if you're OKC, you take an established player like Ben Simmons and you give up a couple of lottery tickets in the process. Like, are those first round picks Heat Clippers? You don't know where they're going to fall. Are those guys going to be better than Ben Simmons? I, I would take the sure thing in Ben Simmons over these lottery yeah. tickets. Do you agree with me that Simmons has more trade value than Embiid? Oh, like, yeah. I'm kind of convinced. Yeah, right. I, I think so. Largely because he can handle the ball. And, like, yeah. centers nowadays, all right, you've got Anthony Davis, you've got Jokic, they're killing it. Embiid's not those guys. Like, Embiid is – he did. I mean, Jokic is, like, doesn't look athletic as all at all. Like, he has the sneaky athleticism. Embiid mm-hmm. already, with these injuries – as kind of hurt his athleticism, not a good three-point shooter, um, not not a good playmaker out of the post right. either. Like he's just he, he's not as good as Davis or Jokic. I'm is Embiid as good as Towns? Towns is a he's, a legit three-point shooter. Like he's not as good as Towns probably. If you just like sat down and ranked their skills, but like if they play each other, Embiid is going to absolutely like just because yes. of the way they. Have, like, Embiid's strange because he'll frustrate you, but if he's interested in having like, one of those big man matchups, it's tough for anyone. The issue with Embiid is he's kind of like a throwback, right? And that's yeah. why people liked him initially. The problem is, you know, a different team, it wouldn't be as big a problem. But unfortunately, <laughs> look at our team. It's tough to have a throwback in a team of, like, kind of... It's like a 90s team, and that was the whole thing we're going to be tough, and they wasn't really tough. Anyway, that's nothing. But 
I agree Simmons has got higher trade value. I, we spoke about this a little bit off air, but like they keep doing these Bulls trades, right? And it's like, I see Chicago Bulls fans being like, man, we're giving up a lot for Ben Simmons in this deal. And like, my response to them would be like, yes, you should do that. Ben Simmons is like very interesting. If you want to build around him with a clean slate, there's a lot of things you could do with him, right? Like there's the obvious Giannis deal. We just spoke about small ball five. He's an incredible defender. Do I... Something, I don't know. My, I, I tweeted this, like I did a 2K fantasy draft, the current NBA players, and I picked like 18th or something. And Ben Simmons was there at 18th. And Jimmy right. Butler was there. Chris Paul was there. There were like other good players there mm-hmm. at 18. Uh, but I saw Ben Simmons and I'm like, he's amazing in 2K. Because if yes. you put a guard on him, he posts up. If you, if you put a big man on him, he just easily cooks that guy. And just surround him with the right people. Like, I ended up getting Jamal Murray in the second round. Like, great. A creator who can spot up, shoot. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what you need. And I just put, like, shooters around him. Like, you should be wanting to give up a lot for Ben Simmons. Because right. he's young. He's on a five-year deal. Like, there's no chance he's walking away anytime soon unless he's mm-hmm. forcing his way out. And at that point, like, okay, you're going to recoup a lot of value if you're uh, trading Ben Simmons. But, yeah, you should want a guy like Ben Simmons to build around that you just need the front office to build around him. The Sixers mm-hmm. did not do a good job of that. There's a lot of interesting things to be taken from. If you watch like the heat and the bucks, this, this uh, playoff run, right? I've seen so many people saying the deal where you just put shooting around doesn't work because look at the bucks. It's not that so much as they're very simplistic with how they do it in Milwaukee, right? Like it's literally, Give the ball to Giannis, he's going to put his head down, drive, and try and kick it if he has to. Yeah. The Heat, and this is going to sound bitter, so just let me finish my point, okay? Everyone's doing the deal with Butler where it's like, he's the man, like Jimmy Butler, and he's awesome, don't get me wrong. But he's actually doing something very similar to what he did in Philly last year, where he's like basically just sort of chills out, he gets other guys involved, he handles the ball a lot, and in the fourth quarter when everything slows down, he's like, okay, time. I didn't think he'd be able to do that in Miami because I didn't think their their roster was good enough. Clearly, like, Bam has got way better. Tyler Hero has turned out to be, like, a real thing, right? Duncan Robinson, who's that coming? But Dragic, even. There is not enough... Yeah, there's not enough talk, though, about, like, as good as all these players are in division, and, yeah, they're cool stories. Watch every team in the playoffs this year. Spolstra's offense is a different level, man. Like, honestly, watching his offense versus Brad Stevens is stark and i'm not saying this to take away from what butler's doing i'm just saying people that think this is like a team where it's like yeah butler's the guy just give him the ball and he'll score but that hasn't been what he's done all season right like he's a 20 point guy very good scorer but he's not like a he's gonna go off and get 50 guy they play as a team like everyone gets shots the ball moves guys are cutting so if you had a, an offensive system like that, and i know that's rare right spolster special but like you can do the thing where you surround people with shooters they've done it with bam and jimmy like neither of those guys are shooters it's it's the way it's done, I think. Oh, 100%. Like, you've got to tailor your offense for for who you have. And if mm-hmm. you can put shooters <clears throat> around Ben Simmons, again, you can do so much with this guy. You can... Yeah. It doesn't even have to be... Because uh, this this was certainly a problem in in Milwaukee. It's like the offense just... It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Like, they didn't do enough right. pick and roll stuff, anything like that. It was a lot of just, like, drive and kick kind of stuff um but with with ben simmons you can do pick and roll stuff space out shooters you either tag the roll man simmons finds the guy in the corner whatever you want to do pick and pop dude simmons his length his finishing ability he's finishing if he gets to the rim uh like like i said post-ups if a guard like if you try to put a guard on him or something post up a double will come you have a shooter find the shooter like that's mm-hmm. not difficult. This is what uh, I was watching. It was a long time ago. LeBron uh, against uh, OKC. And I think this was actually last season when he was on the Lakers. And the Lakers didn't have like a ton of shooting. Right. But they ran like the same play, just multiple possessions. And, and this was when Robertson was hurt. I think like Ferguson was guarding LeBron in the post. And like that's that's a complete mismatch. So yeah, like, it, like high post, LeBron would just post up Ferguson and... And they would just surround them with shooters. And anytime a double came, 
LeBron would just find it, and you get a wide open three out of it. And if right. the double never came, LeBron would just destroy Ferguson in the post. Mm-hmm. Like it's not difficult stuff. But if you have a guy with that kind of vision, that kind of passing, that kind of athletic advantage, you can do these things. I I absolutely love Ben Simmons, and I would take him on my team in a heartbeat. Like Simmons, Schroeder, Shea. You got to do something with Stephen Adams. You got to trade him. Uh, Gallinari, though, as a spacer. Yeah. Baisley's improving a lot. Even Dort, like, I- I'd roll with that team in a heartbeat. It's interesting, too, when you talk about all the stuff you can do. Like, if you look at the way the Heat use Bam, where they give him the ball at the elbow and he'll, like, find cutters. Like, yeah. it looks so simple when you watch them do it. And then whoever they're playing against will come down and have this, like, rigid ISO style. <laughs> it's, it's something, man. I'm, I'm with you. And the biggest thing with Simmons, like, we saw out all the things you can do offensively. But, like, I believe the stat was he guarded the best player on the opposing team more than any other player in the league this year. Like, he, every time, whoever came to Philadelphia, it was like, who's the best player Simmons guarding him? Whether he was the big man, you know, like, the wing, that's a real benefit too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Boston would have beat Philly regardless, but if people didn't get how good of a defender Simmons was before, watching Tatum go off without him <laughs> there was like, get it now, because he's so versatile defensively. I'm with you, man. I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan, and this has now become the Ben Simmons podcast. <laughs> but it is, while I appreciate the memes, and it is insane that the man just refuses to shoot the ball, like actually somewhat scary that he hates it so much, <laughs> it is a bit of a shame that he's been mean to the point where people are like, they just don't even think he's like a good player. Yeah. That's kind of wild to me, because he's very, very good, and it's, I get it, right? It's a weird thing with him, but he's very good. Very, very good. It'd be interesting to see him elsewhere, even if I don't want to, for obvious reasons, right? I will take Ben Simmons. You can have uh, Chris Paul, and I love Chris Paul, but I, I will gladly yeah. take Ben Simmons as, as a future Thunder for at least the next five years. Uh, if you enjoy our basketball talk, look at this segue. If you enjoy our basketball talk, Michael Thompson is scheduled to be on the Thursday show. NBA champion. I like how you just like laugh. Like this is a real thing that you still can't believe. <laughs> Insane. It's just like I don't know if he knows. Does he even realize yet what he's coming on? This is gonna be something. Look, I say scheduled. You never know. Things can fall through. We're in communication. Things are good right now. I'm I'm gonna talk to him tomorrow. Shore up things and whatnot. But. Every everything as far as I know is a go for right now. Plans can change. Plans can change. Hang on a second. What kind of terms are you on with him? You, you, like you're talking every day at this point. No, What's we're not talking every day. I just shoot him messages and just making sure we're good to go. All right. I, this is a big okay. get for us, and I want to make sure nothing falls through here. Um, this is something else. Like, <laughs> this is one of the rare deals where it's like we've had some great guests on. But it's very seldom I can say like people in real life, like, yeah, we had, you know, this person. I'm like, they're not that deep in the wrestling media bubble, which is what our show is generally. <laughs> and now I'm like, you know Clay Thompson? Yeah, his dad's coming on. Hey, take that, bro. We're talking wrestling with Clay Thompson's dad. Take that. <laughs> I do text, I text like my basketball friends and be like, yeah, we're having Michael Thompson on. And if they, some of them are younger, so they're like, Who, who's Michael Thompson? I was like, Clay Thompson's dad. And they're like, oh my God, like, okay. And people are just like stunned. <laughs> That this is a real thing. I'm stunned. I am stunned. Right? Yeah. I'm on the podcast. I'm, I'm quite literally stunned. So, yes, yeah, so I understand why. It's something, man. I don't know. Uh, so, he's going to be on the show Thursday. We're going to be talking uh, wrestling and basketball. We're obviously going to talk plenty of basketball. I'm going to ask him if uh, his son will apologize to me for the torment he put me through in 2000. This is a real thing that I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I want his son to apologize to me for the torment uh, for 2016. So, Michael Thompson will be on the show on thursday joseph what are we watching next tuesday or this week for next tuesday so this is a big show jeremy right this is a very big show i've been told it could be our biggest show yet um and i feel we need the ultimate wrestling movie now after watching my dad is a heel wrestler i may change that description (laughs) when i think wrestling movies i think just one movie it is the the cinematic vehicle of our favorite wrestling promotion world championship (laughs) wrestling who decided at the height of their downfall that the way to turn this around would be to make a film in which we make fun of our fans. To which I say, thank you, because now, 20 years later, we are reviewing Ready to Rumble here on The Distraction. Big show next week. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Um, And on top of reviewing Ready to Rumble, we are going to have another Thompson on our show. Yes. Andrew Thompson. 
uh, from Post Wrestling is going to join us to talk about Ready to Rumble. So check out that show. Andrew, he's got a new podcast debuting on Post this weekend. Uh, so head over to Post Wrestling, support Andrew. Head over to his YouTube channel, support him there. Uh, AD Thompson underscore underscore on Twitter. All of his stuff is there. But support Andrew. Good guy. Great guy. Um, he's going to be on the show next week. We're going to talk Ready to Rumble. Michael Thompson on Thursday. I am streaming. I did a Battleground stream this past Saturday. You can watch that. I have Battlegrounds. Do you? Have you played it? Well, I think it's good. Is that allowed? Can I say that? I like. I enjoyed it. It got very. Do you have it on PlayStation Four? Yes. Okay. Let's let's play online. Let's stream and play online. Okay. This is gonna be something. Okay. We'll do that. <laughs> uh, because I like. I enjoyed it. It got very repetitive for me uh, on Saturday night. And maybe it's because I, I didn't know quite what I was doing just yet. I did watch uh, other people play Battlegrounds, and I saw, oh, you can do a lot of cool stuff that I just didn't do because I was trying to win matches. And maybe yeah. I should just start trying to do more cool stuff instead of trying to run through the campaign mode. It's it's not for everyone, I would assume, but for what I would like in a wrestling game, yeah, pretty close to perfect because I can literally just sit down and be like, yeah, that was dumb, turning off. Like, I don't need to... <laughs> If you, if you watch the show, you can probably imagine what I'm like as a gamer. Very much fits my needs. It's, it's fine. There's a lot of locked wrestlers, though, which is tough. Yeah. Because doesn't want to grind the game, you know? Yeah, that, and that was the other thing, is I wanted to play the campaign mode to, like, unlock everybody. And then the campaign mode just got super repetitive on, on matches and whatnot. Right. So I want to do, like, Royal Rumbles and Triple Threats and stuff. And face Dolph Ziggler 20 times. Like, mm-hmm. Who cares about yeah. that? Uh, so, so I feel that. But I did stream Battlegrounds. I'm going to try to stream something this weekend, but there's Clash of Champions and a UFC pay-per-view this weekend, so I have to figure out a time. Joseph and I are going to stream Battlegrounds at some point. I've just made we that are. decision. Yeah. This, this is happening. We're going to stream Battlegrounds with the 10 wrestlers that are given to you at the start of the game. That's what we're going to do. No, but if, if one of us has them unlocked, we can use them. So if you unlock okay. if you unlock somebody, like you can use them in the game, even if I don't have them unlocked. This is very exciting. Yeah. I'm ready to lose while pretending that I don't want to win at Battlegrounds. That's my play. <laughs> and if I win, I'll be very magnanimous, I promise. Maybe. Um, I don't know what your weekends are. We'll, we'll discuss this off air. But okay. I do I do want to stream Battlegrounds with you. I think it'd be we, We're now doing... We've done the Ben Simmons podcast followed by a Battlegrounds review followed by like a production <laughs> meeting. Speaking of production, I hope Andrew shows up to the podcast. I know he's big time now and he's like made it. He's kind of Hollywood, right? Like he yes. doesn't really... But we we had this deal scheduled and he was like I can't do it like tell Holber it's you know it's not big enough deal with me my schedule is stacked just hope he turns up that's what I'm saying guys um I have a feature this week Jeremy yes and it is not Dominic Mysterio he is not on the card am I correct on this uh as of now he's not I don't think he'll be on the card either Imagine, but... I did a full Dominic feature and the end was like and at Clash of Champions he will not be on the card. that's the end <laughs> so there's no kind of tire but yes I have a feature. The Jay Uso, 1,400 words about Jay Uso. Not just Jay. Granted, Jimmy is mentioned quite a bit. But that is a pretty fun one. And I hope everyone reads that or pretends to and does a retweet. That'd be very nice. And what else is going Nothing else goes on, on Twitter these days. I've retired. I was Twitter famous, but now I produce content again. Um, I will be back on Thursday interviewing Michael Thompson. That's fun. And then I will be uh, playing Battlegrounds. That's all that's happening this week. So, yeah, Joe Holbert 5. That's where I'm at. There you go. You can follow me on Twitter. That was good. Yeah, that was very good. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert 88. We'll be back Thursday with Michael Thompson. Talk to you guys then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.